Dun, dun, dun. Wednesday time. We got a Be Nerdy podcast with Lauren Kodike. Dr. Lauren Kodike is in Denver. More on her in a second. I just wanted to do a quick recap. I am so stoked because I'm going back to Chicago for the Fit Expo this weekend. So if you're in the Midwest, try to come to the Fit Expo May 6th and 7th. I, in my newsletter, you can sign up for it, emilyshram.com, and you can get pasta shoots if you haven't. There's a $10 off coupon. So if you print that off and bring it, $10 off. I'm doing a Get Strong event, a Be Strong event on Saturday at noon, but I'll have my impact booth there the whole Saturday and whole Sunday. So come meet me, come hang out with me. I'm so excited to just be doing giveaways. And it's just crazy. Two years ago, I was there with Women's Health Magazine doing this amazing experience where I was picked to be the next fitness star and I got my own fitness DVD. And it was just incredible. It's kind of like a total surreal moment. And now I get to go back and with my new product with the impact and it's just so, it's so awesome. So come see me, or if you have friends in Chicago, or if you're near the area, just come check it out. Cause even if for, for a day, cause it's awesome. It's a really fun, there's Ninja Warrior stuff, which of course I'll be doing. There's, I think there's some CrossFit stuff. There's these crazy bar calisthenic stuff. It's just, it's such a good event. And I'm going to be doing fit expos across the country this, this year. So keep tuning in to when the next one is, but this weekend's in Chicago. And then in two weekends, I'm going to be in Austin for this huge paleo FX event. So the biggest paleo gathering in the world and not just paleo FX, but I'm going to be partnering with picnic and Epic picnic is the cutest little paleo shop that I've ever been to. And I just, I immediately, the first time I went to Austin three years ago, I like rented my little bike on this thing called spin lister. You can rent bikes instead of cars. It's pretty cool. And I like biked over as fast as possible because I had heard so many good things about it. And I just fell in love with everything about it. Not just the food and how easy and crap free it is, but Naomi, the people, like literally the, the, their whole presence and energy is everything you want to be a part of. So again, I'm going to do a workout on the park or right in front of their, um, home, their home base, their flagship little base that they have. And we're going to do it Saturday morning. So if you can't come to paleo FX, or if maybe you just want to work out with me and get a great workout and eat some Epic bars and some delicious bulletproof coffee, we're going to be doing that on the, on the lawn on Saturday morning. So I'm also doing a happy hour. There's just so much. So be sure if you're in Austin or in Texas to invite your friends and come see me for a happy hour for a workout at Paleo FX, where I'm going to do a workshop and a panel and talking about the adrenals and hips and getting strong. It's going to be awesome. And I think that's really like the big two things this, this month in May, I have a few little random trips out outside of that, but that's where I would love to meet you if I can. Um, what else? I think that's, there's so much going on, but it's all good stuff. And I just love that Dr. Lauren Kodike, who's my guest today, she was actually a featured guest on my MFIT challenge that I did my last challenge with Reebok, where we talked about kind of the big things that happen where, you know, we we're trying to be healthier. We're trying to make better decisions, but we're doing it from stress, such a stress state, such a, such a sympathetic state. And we'll talk all about that parasympathetic sympathetic, which in episode two with John Janice, we really got into. And I, I just love this perspective of, you know, learning about the body and why we, why we decide things and why we kind of fall off the wagon when we do and learning to see it from a different perspective can really help change this guilt relationship that we sometimes 
get stuck in with ourselves. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. She is a badass cyclist um, for her country. You'll learn all about it, but basically a national pro cyclist that ended up coming to Colorado and through series of events became a chiropractor and now understands and respects the body in a way that it's hard to find. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to what she has to say. Please go check her stuff out. Go follow her on Facebook, ask her questions. She loves what she does. And she has some really cool things coming up with, um, in Denver with women in Denver called conscious conversations. And I'm going to be a part of one of the days where we're just going to have this live panel talk and it's going to be really empowering. So if you're in Colorado, I think my date is, um, in June, June 15th, I want to say it's every third Thursday of this year. And she's starting those soon. So just go check her out if you're in Colorado or if you're not and enjoy our nerdy conversation. Um, and I think that's it. You guys are awesome. (laughs) And fit radio. I am so excited to have my guest, Dr. Lauren Kodike. You are in Denver, Colorado, and we connected because of Hannah Armstrong, who is a former owner of High Food Foods and just a total badass that I've done some videos with for my challenge and for my Ask on YouTube, and it was just so fun when she had the epiphany that we would get along and we had to meet. Yes. <laughs> and we did. So we just actually filmed for um, a 21-day challenge video that's, they'll probably get it. They probably already have gotten it. Okay. Um, so we we wanted to talk about the nervous system in that video. And then I just know there's so much more we could get into. So I think the best place is just say who you are, what you do. Because what you talked about with the chiropractic and kind of the bad name that they chiropractors have. But it's true that the root of chiropractic care is so holistic. Oh, my gosh. And I think I don't know why people don't really tap into that all the time. Um, but it's amazing to find chiropractors like you that are doing that kind yeah. of work. Totally. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, so I grew up and I've lived in New Zealand my whole life and just moved to the United States almost three years ago. So just three years. Yeah. Oh, that's so oh yeah. I'm a Do you miss New Zealand at all? You know what? I don't. Um, there's just a really strong knowing that this is exactly where I'm meant to be right now. Why'd you pick Denver? Um... <laughs> It depends who's asking. The more formal answer is that I used to ride for the New Zealand cycling team, mm-hmm. and um, we were based in Boulder, and I fell in love with um, Colorado. And then the more recent true answer is the way that you first brought me back to Colorado <laughs> is that I fell in love when I was in Cambodia, and um, her and I ended up being married, and we're separated now, but it got me here. That's so okay. I like it. So, so two worlds. Two worlds. Two colliders. Yeah. Bittersweet. And um, it's just, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that this is where I am and where you're supposed to be. Where you're supposed to be, yeah. You cycle. Hold on. I need to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) You cycle for New Zealand? I did. Okay. So, like, road racing. Yep. Like, what is this, like, Tour de France kind of style? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that's legit it. Yeah. Okay. So, what does that, how do you get into that? Do you just... Mm. love biking as you grow up and, or you're just a really great endurance athlete and that just made sense for you um both okay yeah um I grew up I mean like any Kiwi kid you 
grow up outside. We grow up adventuring up here in Sona where we are half the time. North or south? North Island. North Island. Okay. And yeah, BMX a lot as like a little little tyke and then got into mountain biking. Mm. Um, my 21st photo album from my mom is like the front of it is I've spent all my life on a bike. I'm seeing like all of these photos of me on a bike when we know it's like it's I think I could ride a bike before I could walk. Just meant to be. Just meant to be. And then pair that with a unshakable drive as a young teenager. Um, and so athletics came very naturally mm-hmm. and as did high performance anything. Got it. So that was your first competitive sport, or have you done? I had done competitive sport my whole life, um, but that was certainly the sport that I was initially awesome ranked. Yeah. Do you like it, or still? Are you? I mean, you don't cycle now. I don't uh, race now. Got it. I still spend my life on a bicycle, so I use my bike to commute everywhere and live my life in a one mile radius which then is amazing for him. Mm-hmm. what's your favorite ride in Denver or near this area do you have one I just you know like just like the simple pleasures of I work out downtown I yeah. live on Capitol Hill and just sometimes just riding down through town and yeah through the city and having those racing routes I can read traffic like it's Second nature. That's how I am with my. I have a motorcycle. Okay. But I don't have a. You know, I have a mountain bike that I. You would laugh. The first time I was on my mountain bike, I broke my tailbone. Oh. It was like so bad. (laughs) Because when you're talking about the spinal cord Uh connects, I was like, I bet I was. I mean, it was rough. It was a really rough healing process. But it wasn't my first mountain bike experience. But when I bought my bike two summers ago, Uh was so excited, went out on my own, and then just. Fell on a rock. It was horrible. Oh, <laughs> was God. So I'm a little like you know I haven't I haven't gotten into biking as much as I used to be in uh-huh. it, but my motorcycle. When you predict traffic, it's the coolest feeling oh, ever. It's, it's like you're in a video game. Completely. It's so fun. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what you know. I just love. I still love being on a bike. Mm-hmm. The freedom. Yeah. And Same with the motorcycle. Yeah. Fresh air. Mm-hmm. Using yeah. my body, and I love it. And it's interesting that you had an experience on a mountain bike and hit a rock, obviously right place at the oh, wrong time. So um, it's really similar to how I actually got driven out of the sport and life redirected me huh. into chiropractic because I was racing in Boulder or based in Boulder. This team was a dream come true. It was Olympians, Commonwealth Games athletes, world record holder. And you guys just trained together all and the time. I'm in this team with them, six in a team, flown over to the United States to ride all season on the women's, um, the national women's racing circuit. And that year, World Championships was um, mountain bike World Championships, so not road. Oh. So I was in the road team, but mountain bike World Championships that year, 2006, was being staged in New Zealand. And now for a New Zealand athlete, you'll appreciate how small New Zealand is. And we don't get a lot of world championships. Yeah. So the chance to actually represent your country in your country is something very, very rare. And so it was put to the team preseason, do any of you women want to ride the mountain bike 
season alongside the road season. Huh. And we'll build that into the American program. And so I put my hand up for it, considering I'd been on a mountain bike a lot as a teenager. And at this point in time, I'm maybe 20, so it's like yeah. 10, 10 years ago. Um, and so we rode both. I qualified for the championships. Flew back to New Zealand after finishing training in Monterey, California. I love Monterey. Oh, God. So gorgeous. We were so, I had seen more of the United States. By the time I was twenty, so then I had since living here for three years. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get on a plane until I was twenty. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was a wow. Yeah, yeah. So went for the mountain bike. So went for the. So flew back to New Zealand three weeks before Worlds, raced, prepared, recovered, rested, and then it was three days before World Championships. And this was the pinnacle of a really hard season for me, health wise. And emotionally, physically, everything. everything. Yeah, yep. Um, injuries and sickness, and just I got stuffed up in preseason. And as an athlete, you can appreciate how important your base kilometers are, your base miles are. Yeah. Um, they allow you to peak at the end of the season. And I just didn't have that because I got sick yeah. in New Zealand summer prior to being in the United States for the summer. And but through grit and Determination, my word, I was a German 20 year old. Um, well, I feel like that you still, that still is there. It's, it's channeled, <laughs> I think, you know, more like still life supporting, <laughs> gentle, compassionate way. Um, but I got a concussion pre riding the course like three days before. Oh my gosh. And it was the same thing, like falling on a rock, <laughs> the right place at the wrong time. Oh and gosh. it slid up right between my shoulder and my helmet, and it hit the base of my skull. Oh. And I was out cold. Um, it wasn't even a high speed crash, but it was one of those things. Had had I had the awareness that I do now, which is like, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. Yeah. Then it was like, well, I just need to recover because I got three days. Oh, and so I remember like spending forty eight hours literally in the dark room. Like zero stimulation to just try and heal my brain wow. to be cleared to race. Got cleared to race and went out. Like, this is still emotional for me now. Yeah. You know, like 10 years on. Cleared to race, went out, pre ride the course. I was out on the far side, the open paddock that just flowing big turns overlooked Lake, Rot Lake Rotorua. And my front wheel slid out and I high speed crash on my head at this point. And life redirected me from that moment. Mm -hmm. I hung up my bike. Um, a really close friend of mine passed away, um, which I had no experience of, of that type of thing before. And it made me really, like, check myself. This all happened. This all happened within, yeah. like, a month or two. Mm -hmm. And my whole world fell apart. So the universe is saying to stop. To stop writing. Yeah. Stop yeah. writing. Like, this is... As far as you were meant to go. Isn't it crazy that when you don't listen, there is a, something oh. will happen to make you listen. I, and I, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, you know, I could, God, I could go so many different directions. The first thing I had with concussions, that's something that makes me like, mm -hmm. that's kind of always been something for me that's really important because I've had so many growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I, we haven't even talked about this, but like from age of three on, probably a series of eight so pretty serious concussions okay. and just how it has affected who I am, 
my gut, my yep. so much. And so I can imagine that that's why chiropractic care for you has become so holistic because of that yeah. connection. That's yeah. crazy. That's it's crazy. <laughs> so you and I have more, more and more in common, is, and we haven't yeah. met before. No, so this is real. This, this is, is all just just so you know. This is our first time we've ever met. This <laughs> is <laughs> real time. We're this is real. Each other. This is totally real. Um, I uh, had struggled with digestive issues. Oh, yeah. And it was all came to light by walking around barefoot in an ashram in Cambodia. And I didn't know at that point in time that you could get parasites through your feet. Oh my god. And yeah. I've heard of dogs. It's yeah. why my mom wormed us as kids because we'd run around in bare feet all the time. But anyway, I didn't know that. So you got a parasite. Well, so I got a plural. You know Cambodia's on my list of oh, I have to go. Your friend is is it a magical? Oh, magical. How long were you there? Four months. Four just over four months. That's a good stretch. I plan on being there for two weeks. And you just were like, I can't leave. Uh huh. Wow. I need to go so did you just do Cambodia? No, I actually um, started in Hong Kong, moved to China, okay, moved to Vietnam, got to Cambodia. I was planning on doing two weeks Cambodia, two weeks Laos, and then going to Thailand. Four and a half months later, still in Cambodia, I had met my soul family. Yeah. Just people in the... Your tribe. My tribe. Yeah. Absolutely my tribe. And I was 25. I graduated from chiropractic school at this point. And ended up with this yoga and meditation retreat. And it was such a pivotal experience in my adult life. Yeah. It's changed the trajectory of the last five years. Just the people or the yeah, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like meditation. It's it it's blown open. So you meditate. Yes. I'm horrible at meditating. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about this. <laughs> the teacher I talked about um, uh-huh. that created the oils. He was in episode two of Okay. And he would laugh a lot about this because I'm terrible at meditating. And I, everyone's like, you're not terrible. You, you, the fact that you think you're terrible is what makes you terrible. So it's just like, but it's more of this being still. I have, you know, I kind of feel like I'm getting better at it, but being still is really tough for me. And I'm not sure why. So what, for meditation with you, what you do, do it every day. Yeah. Like, if you wake up? Huh? Okay. So... So know that, Emily, you're a human. Of course you can't sit still. You know, of course you can't sit still. I can't sit still, but I do. Yeah. And the reason why, it's just like, I can't run a mile. I can't run five miles. Whatever it is, it's like, well, of course you can. When was the last time you ran five miles? True. So we run half a mile. And then we run... A mile. So how long do you meditate? What do I start with? Five minutes? So we start with five minutes. Okay. The teachers, the teachings. So I had a fast track to developing meditation practice. Okay. And that was because I went to Cambodia. Cambodia and went to a meditation retreat. And what was it called? Is it something? Hari Life. Okay. If anyone has any chance to go to Cambodia, Go to Hari Haralaya. It is run by an American, um, Joel, and he, it's on the outskirts of Siem Reap. He's created 
the garden of Eden, oh, and wow. he just now facilitates. When I was there, we could stay for as long as we wanted. Now he does six-day retreats. They're very structured, yeah, and it's evolved. Um, so anyway, so I had three months to develop a meditation practice. We would wake, we would sit, we would do yoga, we would chant, we would sit, we would have breakfast together, we would do karma yoga. We it was like. I've heard it described as, um, it was like adult Buddhist summer camp. It was the <laughs> most fun thing ever. The fact that we just sit for half an hour, not that, and we go in a group. Yeah. So, but if you're starting from scratch, you know, you just, I've been told um, the best way to do it is pick a time, pick a place, and do it. Just be there. You don't even have to meditate, but commit to just being there. Yeah. And then if you get one minute in, two minutes in, and the suffering is too great, then get up and carry on your day. And then the next day, sit your ass down. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's five minutes, people. And just sit, and your mind will be busy. Like, the mind is, it's untamed at that point. But once you tame your mind, the mind needs to be your servant. It shall not be your master. And this experience for me changed who I am because it allowed me to, one, see myself. Um, meditation allows us to watch our thoughts. So all of a sudden you start to see what's going through your head. Um, and it creates a serenity. There's still points, once five minutes, turns into ten minutes, um, turns into twenty minutes. Twenty minutes is about as long as I'll do. Okay. Um, twenty minutes morning and night on a great stint, then I might go a month without meditating. And I'm like, oh, why is my life chaotic? Oh, so you really I've lost it. my center. And you, once you find your center, your center becomes so familiar to you. Hmm. But until, just like how, just like with my patients, they walk in, they don't know what it feels like to feel good in their body. Yeah, It's my job to show them how good their body can feel, how good their mind can feel, how good life can feel. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> then it's about getting them familiar with that feeling. So then they are aware when they tip. But when they come in the door, <clears throat> excuse me, they're more familiar with dis-ease, with imbalance. That is their normal. Yeah. And that's what's running around in our day-to-day, in our society, is so we have an epidemic of imbalance. Yeah. And no one, we have an epidemic of push, of drive. And what meditation has taught me in the quieter life has taught me that there's a flow. We need to find our flow. And then you just get to ride the wave. And then the wave gets freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're inspiring me. This is good. I just I do like what you just said because it's true. We get so used to uh, feeling like sickness becomes the normality. And so if you can figure basically get into your body and realize what is off, mm-hmm. that intuitive sense that it, we all have, we just don't trust anymore. Yeah. It's a big thing of a lot of, like, my blog posts. is like, you you know what to do, but we are just so out of touch because of XYZ. So that's a really good point of meditation. Yeah. Bringing and, that back in. And how, for me, how that intertwines with what I do as a job. Yeah. Because very much what we've spoken to up until now is very much who I am yeah. behind the chiropractor. Um, but why I feel so whole and complete is because 
it marries into chiropractic seamlessly. And why that is, is because as a chiropractor, I have the honor to work with someone's spine. One, any chiropractor out there that doesn't realize that that is just a giant privilege to access someone's central energy channel yeah. and in many ways change it. Um, so one, having a profound sense of, of obligation to do a good job. Um, but two, because I'm working with the spine, we're changing the neurology of the brain. And sometimes people, it's a neurological imbalance as to why people can't sit still. And so it's like if you're trying to meditate, you've got all this noise in your brain. You've got all this noise in your mind. Yeah. You've got I it in above. Brain on fire. Oh, brain on fire. That's my term that I've been using. And I do it like, so I say it in a positive way, but I know intuitively, I'm like, this is not good. My brain needs to chill the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> but that's true. Huh. Yeah. So when we just, and it's actually called noise in the neuroscience literature, we know that when there's spinal segments that are out of alignment, that they, so the, the spine is like the eyes for the brain in the body. Okay. okay. So the spine communicates to the brain through almost like Morse code. I'm not sure if you'll be able to pick this up on the microphone, but um, I'm going to tap. So a joint that's in alignment will have a nice rhythmic coding up okay. into the brain. And then as the, um, the spinal joints move, how our brain knows where our body is in space is, oh, the joint's starting to rotate. The coding speeds up. Hmm. Now, when we have joints out of alignment, or let's just say when we have a joint out of alignment, which is highly probable in 99.9% of the population we have a joint in our body that's out of alignment, we get this chaotic coding going to the brain. So it's, it's chaotic. It's, there's no rhythm to the... To the um, the messaging and therefore it creates noise in the brain because the brain can't that gives no accurate information to the brain and is it to all parts of the brain or that specific? being a clinician as opposed to a scientist yeah i get to say i don't know yeah um but what we do know is that when there's multiple particularly spinal joints that are out of alignment it's like a horse is trotting in our spine yeah. And so that's why we found chiropractic has such phenomenal results with kids with ADHD and autism. Yeah. Because that population is so overwhelmed by neurological stimulus that they have a difficulty um, interacting with their external environment. And so we know that when we adjust their spine, we get nice rhythmic firing into their brain. All of a sudden, they're this new kid. And what we talked about with in the challenge video, you know, we'll just assume no one's heard it, but like it, this makes so much sense with the sitting and the kids with ADHD, right? Mm -hmm. So like if they're sitting and you're in flexion mm -hmm. and you're kind of stretching that spine yep. in a way that's not, you say it way better than I'm saying, but the feedback is going into the wrong part of our brain. Yeah. And then now we're in like ultimate chaos versus yep. this fight or flight decision making versus a 
a place of safe. What? Yeah, I'm gonna let you explain all of that because it was really good, guys. If you if you're not in my challenge, you should be. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear our great video. I think what Emily's trying to say is what maybe I said half uh, half an hour ago, which was uh, when we are sitting a lot. It was primarily sitting, um, sitting at our desk, sitting at our car, sitting on the couch. It's like no one is sitting in these brilliant, upright, external, like expanded, open postures and the reason why that is is because the whole ligament system is shortened on the front of the body yeah and the reason why the ligament system has shortened on the front of the body is just because they're in flexion more often than they're not and the body is a really highly efficient system so it's like well if it doesn't need to be long it won't be long so it creates something more appropriate to the activities that you're doing, which is why when we're training as athletes, we have to train for a specific movement and our body adapts. So in this case, we're having maladaptive changes in the body. So the body is adapting negatively to sitting. Yeah. It doesn't know that it's negative. It's just adapting to a movement we do regularly. And so what that then does is the ligament structure is reinforcing poor neurological function in the spine. And if we have, if we imagine an um, elastic band on the front of the body pulling us close, that's our ligament system. Now, when I tell you start sitting upright, you have to contract all of your muscles in your posterior chain. The posterior back muscles contract. But we have to remember that this elastic band on the front of the body is still there, still yeah. pulling us. So who's going to win, an elastic band or a voluntary muscle contraction? We're going to get distracted because remember, we've got a busy mind. Yep. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we're off doing something else. Posterior back muscles relax, and we're slumping again. Yep. We're slouching again. And so as a chiropractor, I have this opportunity provided by my patient to start to adjust the spine. So we start to move those spinal joints, get the spine into alignment, give homework to start lengthening that anterior ligament system. All of a sudden, we take all of that pullback pressure off the spine that's pulling you into uh, flexion. So now you can actually stack your spine on top of each other, on top of itself. Yeah. That in and of itself is great for performance. True. That in and of itself hasn't yet described why that's profound for changing your life. Now, why that's profound for changing your life is that we detension the nervous system. We stop tugging down on the brain. And as soon as we start, stop tugging down on the brain, what Emily was trying to describe was information starts to get sent to different parts of the brain. So information starts getting shunted away from our stress centers and into our prefrontal cortex, which is where we have high function, where we have potential, we see opportunity, we see um, trust, faith, connection, love. You know, all of these become possible yeah and then we have to take that grab that with two hands and train it and that's where meditation comes in mm. look at that full circle that was so good <laughs> i'm <even> impressed that was awesome no i think it's fascinating so um with i'm gonna jump right back because i totally it's gonna bother me because i'm really curious about this parasite Oh, yes. so going back, <laughs> sure. Back to, so you have that issue after concussion. 
or oh, with calls. Thank you. So Emily's actually just more for me. <laughs> I'm really good at all these conversations, and then I'll come back three hours later to finish them. I can't. Great. Yep. Great. It's a good team. <laughs> yes. Um, so I had parasites, and um, that became a real issue. Not when I was in Asia, but when I came back to eating Western diet. So I was in Asia for the best part of eight months and came back to New Zealand and didn't have a bad diet, but certainly wasn't gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, conservative-free, fun-free. And all of a sudden was getting headaches after any meal, bloating after even drinking a glass of water. I got so incredibly sick. So, so sick to the point there was times where it would just eat apples because apples were the only thing that didn't upset my digestive system. And this went on for like two years. Oh my gosh. Did um, you, check, you didn't get it checked out? At what point did I know it was a parasite? The details escaped me, which is, yeah. of course, common to parasites. You get brain fog and like concentration and poor memory and all of these associated. Yeah, symptoms. Um, but in that time, I took a job in England, so I worked as a long-term care pregnant. Uh, and I went to a brilliant woman, and she said, "You have parasites, you're celiac, and you're candida." And well, I'm just curious for my own. Did sure. she test, how did she test the? She was doing bioresonance medicine, okay, um, which unfortunately has been edged out from the American market by no, 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 big yeah. Um we go into that for a while, <laughs> for sure. Um, essentially, think applied kinesiology. Okay, got it. Yeah. So and, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. And Which is um, just obsessive. Oh, gosh, yes. And that's I do a lot of applied kinesiology in my practice. And I cried on that first visit because it was so, to be told exactly what was going on, and then I could do something about it. Because at that point, I had pretty much reduced myself to a vegan diet. Oh, my God. Um, and my ligament structure was literally falling apart. I was hurting myself in practice. I couldn't see a lot of patients. I was exhausted. Oh, my posture. stress cycle, you know, my yeah. stress system was running the show. I was making poor decisions. Um, but I was able to start healing. And I would get okay. I would get to a point of being okay. And it wasn't until I moved to the United States and moved to Colorado, moved to Denver, started um, working with a chiropractor here, who's now my mentor. And first visit, he's checking me, and he's like, your pituitary gland, all through applied kinesiology, all through muscle testing. Yeah. Gave me supplementation through standard process, all natural whole food supplementation, um, to start feeding pituitary. my pituitary gland. Was it a pituitary complex, like a glandular for pituitary? Yes, it was neuroplex. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And one does. My digestive system went from being like, I'm good, like I'm, I've got it like 60%, like I'm actually like eating food yeah. and being social, and, but always waking up with abdominal discomfort to all of a sudden not having digestive issues. Wow. And it comes back to heroism, endocrine connections of that the pituitary gland has a neurological connection with the small intestine. And when that is disrupted through head injury, yes, 
Yes. When we get digestive issues. And so now when anyone comes into my office, I will check you for your digestive system. But it always. is always checking for the brain. Because the brain. if the brain isn't connected to the digestive system, you're always going to have issues. And concussion, it wasn't until having that personal experience that I put two and two together that it was like I've had five head injuries my whole life. In, yeah, in the learning. So John Dennis, when he was teaching me this, Muscle testing. We were all practicing on each other. And uh-huh. I had, um, you know, my gut was a little bit off. There was, like, some gut issues, some adrenal issues. But the only supplement that literally all I needed was to taste for and everything mm. changed. It, I mean, you know, because it's so, it's true. Like, I do believe in adrenal support when sure. applicable and gut support when your body's just not doing it itself. But when, oh, my God, it was so crazy. And I do think it was a lot that had to do with the, head injury. And even if you don't have a head injury, just that constant feedback of your body saying produce this, produce this, uh-huh. cortisol, thyroid hormone, all the hormones. Yeah. And your pituitary just gets so fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tired. Um, do you ever use phosphatidylserine in your office? I don't. Have you ever, I wonder, that was one that I was going to ask about, if that was something that you thought was great for a pituitary. But that's so incredible. So you took do you feel like you still have to take that as no. someone that has brain trauma? No. Um, I have over the last two years probably had to do that protocol twice. Okay. Uh, but the last time was probably two, a year ago. So, you know, just in those early stages yeah. of healing. Um, but it's a thing. Like once you get the brain turned on and then feed it healthy things and keep your life in alignment. The body keeps pretty good yeah. care of everything. And you know, I mean, I guess you're really good at the stress system because, like, for people that have brain trauma or traumatic brain injury, if they're not meditating, and this is sometimes where I feel myself kind mm-hmm. of derail, is I think you have to, the parasympathetic state, if you can't tap into that, then you're more likely to jump into those stress cycles yeah. with somebody from with traumatic brain injury. Definitely. And I think also sometimes meditation is too much mm-hmm. for someone with a head injury that hasn't been addressed. Yeah. And interestingly now we're understanding that there can be an autoimmune um, aspect to head injury that also needs to be taken care of and we're learning a lot of that through the concussion um, research through Tell me what you know about that in the football know. players. What we understand is that injured tissue, so let's just leave brain tissue to the side for now. So injured tissue in the body, injured organs in the body will start to sloth off their proteins. So it's like little bits of them get left behind. Yeah. And that eventually gets cleaned up but ends up in the blood system. And when we have protein in the blood system, our immune system says you're not meant to be there, so I'm going to clean you up. It doesn't realize that it's self-cells. Mm. And so we start to develop an autoimmune aspect to that tissue. The problem is, is that tissue is so injured to begin with, and now our own immune system is starting to beat up on it, that this is the downward spiral, and this is, these are the people that can't get better. Yeah. And we have a joke in chiropractic that we should just all name our offices last resort chiropractic. <laughs> because the amount of people that end up in my office and they're like, I've tried everything. Yeah. But of course, I'm their last resort, but their last resort because 
it works. So mm-hmm. I am the end of the road. Yeah. Um, but the, we have to realize that if we don't at least investigate if there is an autoimmune aspect and treat that accordingly, and there's a really easy way to do that that standard process and Dr. Rowley's research allows us to do through protomorphogens, um, we have to decoy the immune system. And while we're decoying the immune system, then we just feed, 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 feed the organ until we heal the organ while distracting the immune system. Mm. And that's how you turn that around because once the injured tissue is rejuvenated to a certain point, it's not sloughing off into Got it. The, the blood system. So you see this a lot. So I see this a lot. Do you yeah. see this with thyroid a lot? Uh-huh. So this is made probably your main piece of that. This is HPA. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yep. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to go from. There's so much <laughs> I want to talk about with that. Uh, so for you with head injury, can your I mean you can get out of immunity against anything. Yeah. Yep. Do you, do you, think, do you think a lot of people have an autoimmunity against their brain tissue? Um, I feel a little bit out of my day, yeah. maybe giving a concrete answer. Yeah, that's that. okay. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud because I'm just, because I know that head trauma immediately causes this gut permeability. Yes. So then having, that is just like crazy to me. And then, of course, what we could dive into from there is like all the food sensitivities mm-hmm. because as soon as you have gut permeability, what's the exact same scenario is happening again? You're putting food into your digestive tract, which should be essentially just a tube yep. that keeps food away from body. Yeah. But when it's permeable, we're starting to get those food proteins going through the gut wall, all of a sudden meeting the bloodstream. And then, like for me, from having parasites, I can no longer have coconut cashews. Do you think that's forever for you? I don't know if that's forever. Yeah. I hope not. I hope not too for you. I know. There's so, so much. But it makes sense to me because they were in the daily menu at, in, at, in Cambodia. And so that was the protein that was seeping out into my blood system that I was getting in on me. When people have gut issues, these, I mean, like, they, and they know they're reacting to things, it's the thing they have in the most. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was coffee. Oh no. I know, right? But then I I do think you can reintroduce it. Yes. So I took a year off. Yep. And then I did a bunch of do you ever work with APAC energetics? I have heard, heard of um, it's, it's, I love Staring Cross as well, but they have a really great gluten repair bite supplement nice. that I went through and then obviously a lot of other things for I mean God bless for liver support. But okay. then I had was able to introduce coffee again. Yes. So I don't know if it's great for when I'm in high stress. I think, you know, outside of the over, the caffeine that I don't necessarily need, mm-hmm. but I was, I never, I wasn't responding to it anymore. So it yeah. was like. And that's the thing. As long as we're keeping inflammation levels in check mm-hmm. and our natural body systems yeah. are operating, then absolutely. And when we heal the gut and all of a sudden that is a gut wall, mm-hmm. not a gut Free pass, free for all, a party. Then food stays in the digestive tract, and we shouldn't. So very much we can heal from allergies. Yeah, uh, with that understanding, that's very cool. I think that's so helpful for people because, like, food still is, you know, it's a sense of it shouldn't be a sense of security, but it is such a social thing. Mm-hmm. And so when people are told like I can never have this again, like what the what 
horrible. Yeah, I don't believe in never. <laughs> I don't either. So I think it's really good for people to know that, like, understand why you have to take something out and then realize that it's never going to be the end solution. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, no. ideally. Yeah. I have, I know that I asked you this, um, when you first walked in, if you knew what your spirit animal was, but I asked all my guests this. You do? I do. This is my favorite question. And I, I usually don't even give them a chance to like, you know, know it's coming because I want to kind of know their gut instinct uh-huh. with it. But I just think spirit animals are so powerful. And yes. Obsessed with them. So you said you, you know your spirit animal. But it I changes. do. I get a sense. It, it doesn't, ch- it, it has changed. Got it. It's evolved. Uh, it's evolved as I've evolved. And um, I get the sense that right now it's the tiger ah. um, or the lioness, yeah. more to the point. And that's really reminiscent of just where I am in my life, of just really standing in my own power and just looking out into the world of possibility and knowing that I'm 100% internally resourced and that the irony is, is when you're so enormously strong within yourself, you don't have to flex your muscles. Mm-hmm. Just like the lion, just like the lioness. Yes. No one messes with them. Because yes. they know they're going to run faster than them, <laughs> tear them apart, you know, whatever it is. One of my favorite quotes is something, I can't remember the first part. I was just thinking of this the other day. And it's not my favorite. It just stood out to me. But it was like, Something about a lion. I've softened. I've softened my roar since birth. Mm. Something where you don't mess. Like I think a lot of people get in this tendency of like, you know, we're just always trying to be loud in a loud culture. So constantly having to say who they are, what they do, you know, and just letting who you are speak for itself because mm-hmm. it does. And so it comes out of a place of feeling like you're not being heard. But when you just walk your walk and do what you're supposed to do. And sometimes that's a journey in itself is finding out what you're supposed to do. But then you don't need to tell everyone about it. You just can just be. So I love that you said that. There's a picture I found of um, a lioness. So it was a lioness with a mane. Mm. I didn't even know that existed, but it does. I didn't know that. I'll send you the picture. It was bad. I was like, this is so badass. (laughs) Do I need to return the question? What is yours for? You know, I actually don't know if I've had this been asked on my podcast I'm only so this is good um so I am I've never explained it I I have this book I wish I had it with me but my I always let people borrow it so they can figure out their spirit animal but I am 100% a hummingbird and it's something that I never wanted to be because I was like I want to be a panther or like a I don't know something like super sick like but I I like was scrolling through looking I was like okay I'm a panther I'm like nope not a panther Nope, not a lion. Like, I wanted it so bad. And deep down, like, my dad and I have always had a really big connection with hummingbirds when I was really uh-huh. little. He would just trap, like, did, long story short, he would go to different houses, and there's this hummingbird that I always remember. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to look up hummingbird. And it was, I never read something. I just, like, jaw dropped, gave it to my friend, and they were like, you're a hummingbird. <laughs> so I'm a hummingbird, but then I also, um, I'm also part dragon, so I, I like to that say makes I'm sense. a hummingbird dragon, <laughs> and it makes up for like this like you know small creature of the hummingbird. Even though I love, I'm just not a small person. <laughs> no, in no way. literally physically, I'm not small, so I do think the dragon kind of like counteracts that a little yeah. bit. That reminds me of 
all I wanted to do was be an eagle. I was like, I want the eagle. And my ex-wife was like, baby, you're, I don't, no one's an eagle. I was like, you're crushing my soul right now. (laughs) This has to be me. And then at the time, I was a crow. I was like, I'm probably not a freaking crow. That's actually really good. Oh, really? Yeah, this book. I'm going to have, I'll get the book and bring it to you. Because the crow, like, to be a crow is like, it's awesome. Oh. It's something very revered in this in wow. the world of spirit animal. Yes. So, very All right. Wise. I'll so swap out my ego <laughs> for a crow in it. <laughs> oh, that's good. And then I also would love to ask if you have um, any quote that you like, or I always say quote, but I really mean like a mantra that you mm. kind of live by, um, something that stuck with you or something that you heard recently. I just think my mantra has always been like, in the moments that I doubt myself, which we always do, no matter where we are in life. And so I didn't know if you had something that you kind of... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, Even when you're cyclist. Yeah. um, Now, I mean, I'm reading this a brilliant book uh, called You Are a Badass. Oh, yeah. By Jen Sincero. And... She, in the opening pages, and a lot of it is already, almost all of it, I've actually um, incorporated in my life and can see she's almost just reiterating why I'm receiving the success that I am. It's like, Uh oh, well, of course, I'm doing all these things. But she says in some of the opening pages, and let's see how well this comes out, um, but she says... We need smart people with huge hearts and creative minds to manifest all the wealth, resources, and support they need to make a difference in the world. And that is, one, what I would do for myself, and that is, two, what my goal is to do in my community, is just to attract smart, huge-hearted, brilliant, creative people and teach them clear their nervous system, clear their energetic channels so that they can be released from the grip of stress, Yeah. feel what it feels like to feel great, teach them how to maintain that, and then from there, they're off, they're flying. It's you like know? you triggered their creativity. Mm-hmm. Like they're, that's so awesome. Because it's, it's all there for everybody. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of the big magic book. Oh, girl. One of my favorites. <laughs> but it's true. That creativity is always within us. It's like, I think about this all the time. Like, why am I hitting this block? Why can't I think of content? And it's always because I'm bogged down by so much stress. Mm-hmm. And so it's so cool that you're, like, physically seeing the manifestation of your practice. Oh, yeah. With that. That's awesome. Can I tell you about a big magic moment? Yes. Please. <laughs> so... I had a big magic moment, and if anyone's not familiar with what a big magic moment is, it's when, so Elizabeth Gilbert um, wrote a book called Big Magic. It's all about creative living without fear, Mm -hmm. and she talks about that ideas are just swimming around the universe, landing with people, and seeing if that person can bring them into manifestation. If they don't, the idea flies off again and lands on someone else. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting out under the stars a couple weeks ago 
and I'm a part of this amazing women's group and we're just met and our homework for the following month was how can we bring more play into our businesses? We're all small business owners and my practice is doing great. I don't need to be worrying about it, but my brain is used to thinking about it and kind of driving the ship that it needs to keep moving the ship. And so I need to distract it. Mm. So I'm like, what's something creative and playful that I can do in my practice? So this was the intention I had set maybe three days prior. And I'm just sitting out under the stars, minding my own business, just enjoying a warm-ish, you know, February Colorado. Colorado, yeah. And all of a sudden, this idea lands. And it's like, oh, you're going to do a live audience podcast this summer. This whole thing came to me in like 10 minutes. I had the whole thing. Um, And it's called Conscious Conversations. And you're going to sit down and you're going to interview like your guests are just badass women who are just kicking down doors in healthcare from our community here in Colorado. And we're going to provide strong female leadership for anyone who wants to come. And I know exactly. It's like I was attending a reading with Hannah and with <laughs> Hannah and Levi who connected us. Yeah. Um, when Hannah invited me, to the Denver Women's Press Club for this reading. I'm finishing up with patients, so I arrive and the whole reading's over. And it's over an hour earlier than it was posted. But of course I walk in, not only is there a woman on the door from the women's networking group that started this whole process, I walk in, I've never seen this building before. And it's the home and has been the home for well over the last hundred years for women to women in literature, journalism, um, any kind of women's rights. It's, it was their meeting place. Oh my God. And you look up on the walls and there's all these photographs of these women and it's just, it's the epicenter of like feminism yeah. and empowerment. <laughs> and of course there was like, this is perfect for conscious conversations. Like, it's like sitting in someone's living room. Yes. It'll seat 50 people. I was like, this is great. Can I use this? Yeah. The third Thursday of every month. So that's what's happening. So oh now, God. and this is the key to manifestation. You get an idea, you have to roll with it. Yes. And yes. so it's in action. It's happening. It's starting in May. May, am I invited? You're invited. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll have to yep. get me to the third Thursday in May. The third Thursday. I actually think it's the only Thursday I might be here in May, but I will I will check. I will totally be if I'm in Denver, I'm coming. That's You'll be so here awesome. if not. And I do need to hook you up with um or get you connected with women who start up. Mm. They it's an incredible community in Denver for okay. entrepreneurs. Great, and they have um every Tuesday, every Tuesday, second Tuesday at Galvanize in Denver, uh-huh. and just kind of like a fun little business hoorah. Her name's Lizelle. I'll connect you. You're going to love each other. Awesome. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> good people, not good people. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. And that big magic thing just to like, some people think I'm crazy about like the, I have a lot of ideas, but I do feel that way because I, I feel like if I don't execute on them, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't want them to go away. And mm-hmm. I, so I have like my hands in eight things, but I wouldn't want it any other way because they're like your little babies. Oh, yeah. You know? They are. <laughs> and they're not ours. And that's why I think 
mm-hmm. Elizabeth does such a good job. Yes. It takes all the pressure off and you're like, oh, I have to let this come through me. Yes. And let it just get out of the way. Yeah. I need to just make the phone call. I need to write the email. I need to do the the steps. But how big this thing is, is totally out of my control. It's not my creation. It is my creation, but it's not my creation. That's so true. Yeah. And that makes it just fun and light and in service. That's so great. We're just here to play. I can't wait to conscious conversation. Okay. And how can they find out about you and your, you know, your website and all that? Sure. So Conscious Conversations will be posted on my Facebook page. It's also just a good way to um, keep up to date with anything going on in the practice. My practice is called Nikau Chiropractic. That's spelled N-I-K-A-U. The tree. The tree. (laughs) The native tree from New Zealand. It lines the shores of New Zealand. So it's a real icon. Um, Your logo is very beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you did a good job. Um, and it's just that little something that reminds me of where I came from. Um, but nikaukaropractic.com. My practice is just up in the city park neighborhood of Denver. It's home to all of this magic. Oh, man. I love it. It was so wonderful to talk to you. Yeah, like that. And we'll talk soon. Mm-hmm. We need to do like six more podcasts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will see you guys next week.